0: In holiday mode, Thanksgiving is around the corner, but there's too much going on to take a break. Look, I said it last week. I'm calling this from now until New Year's the Captain's Log Holiday Series. <laughs> Sometimes we're going to cover just one topic, like when the FMC releases their final rule on unreasonable refusal to deal or negotiate. With respect to vessel space accommodations, the first of the rulemakings, maybe we'll cover when the FMC notice of proposed rulemaking comments close, but look, most of the other times we're just going to do a hot topics list of what's happening out there, what I'm finding interesting, talk a little bit about it. Look, it's a hot topics kind of day today, though. Stick around. Let's jump into it. Hi, welcome to By Land and By Sea, an attorney breaking down the weekend supply chain, presented by... The maritime Professor. That's me. I'm Lauren Beagan, founder of the Maritime Professor and Squall Strategies, and I'm your favorite maritime attorney. <laughs> Join me every week as we walk through both ocean transport and surface transport topics in the wild world of supply chain. As always, the guidance here is general and for educational purposes only. It should not be construed to be legal advice, and there's no attorney-client privilege created by this video. If you need an attorney, contact an attorney. So, usually we do start out with our top three stories of the week. Top three stories of the week. (laughs) But this week, all of our stories are top stories. So, like I said, this is the Captain's Log Holiday Edition. (laughs) And we're going to be taking inventory of the week and kind of what's going on generally. So, story number one The FMC released their detention to merge rulemaking on October 13th. We've talked about it a few different times. If you missed that, head back over to that uh, the podcast listing. You can find the old episodes. So they released the rulemaking on October 13th, and it is open for 60 days. That's a 60-day comment window. That's great. That's a fair amount of time. Some of the other rulemakings that they've released recently have only been 30-day windows. This is a 60-day window. It closes December 13th. Mark that on your calendar, December 13th. We're about to get busy, right? Thanksgiving's next week. We have Christmas coming up. We have... We have every, all the holidays, right? New Year's is coming. We have everything happening. This is this is the holiday season. Um, this is crucially important that we have comments filed. This is going to be kind of one of your last moments to really get comments to the FMC related to detention and demurrage. We've had the advanced notice of proposed rulemaking already. We had the OSRA language come around. Now we have this open detention and demurrage rulemaking. It's the notice of proposed rulemaking the next step is the final rule. So this is the moment where your comments will be carefully considered by probably a line attorney in in the general counsel's office of the FMC. They're going to be summarizing all the comments that come in. They're going to be putting that all together. And then they're going to start to make final text of all of the comments from both the A&PRM and the current NPRM that's open, and taking into consideration all the Osra language that's out there, and the interpretive rule that created the incentive principle from May eighteenth, twenty twenty, from from Commissioner Die. Um, you know, there, there's a lot happening here, and it's all coming together. And this is kind of one of those last real good moments of weighing in. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. We're, I'm keeping it on my weekly here. Don't miss it. Um, like I said, December thirteenth it's that important. Um, you know, take away the feelings of intimidation of filing comments with a federal agency. You know, okay, just just comment. This These are public comments for the most part. You know, there's ways of filing confidential comments, but for the most part, it's kind of most beneficial to have publicly filed comments. It's most effective if you can tell a story with your comments. So really get your thoughts together on how you see some of those proposals from the proposed language, working with or against your industry, but also the FMC doesn't know your industry as well as you do. They don't know your role in the industry as well as you do. Tell that story. Make sure that they know who you are, who your company is, what that role is, what piece you play in the overall industry, and then give them your feedback on how this might work or not work. For your industry and for your company specifically, that will paint a much larger picture so that the FMC really can understand, oh, I get how that would be difficult for them, or oh man, that really is a pickle. We gotta fix that. Give them something that they can understand that then they can make some actionable changes off of. Maybe even send some proposals. If you're like, I don't like this, send a proposal. Again, this is not legal advice, this is just. Practical good advice. Generally, this is the moment that we've been waiting for in terms of detention to merge. We wanted a voice. This is the moment for that voice. The next stage is going to, like I said, probably be a final rule. And short of any major adverse comments, there that language that comes out in the next stage is going to be the language that turns into the regulation. This is your. This is one of your last chances. And I mean, I'd arguably almost say this is your last chance to get really good influence over what's going to be happening on that on those final words of the final rule Again, the detention demurrage, a few things that they're doing, they're going to be streamlining that contractual relationship for invoice payments. Um, they're going to be shifting the burden on, on the responsibility. They're going to be um, taking motor carriers out of the responsible parties list, but then keeping them as they may pay, but not required to pay for D&D. And it also introduces a 30-day invoice uh, requirement. But then again, on the other hand, there's going to be a 30-day dispute requirement as well. So all of these things are are things that are pretty operationally operational level. So if you have thoughts on this, if you take a look and you're like look, I don't care if the invoice is filed within 30 days, I have to pay it before I even my my goods are released, say that. Put that in there. They they want to know about that. Um like I said, take a look. It's it's pretty approachable. Go check out my episode before we cover it and kind of real spe- real people language um but but also take a look at it. it's it's almost it's almost in plain language. there's a little legalese to it, but just kind of read through it and um, take your time with it and and really I, I think you're gonna find that you you probably have some thoughts and and they want to know there's only three comments filed so far. We still have another month, right It's only November 18th. We still have another month uh, before it closes. but December 13th is our deadline here. Get those comments in. So story number two, we're sticking with the with the Federal Maritime Commission. The FMC has a new general counsel. So this is the, the chief legal officer, if you will. Uh, this is the person who is now in charge of the general counsel's office, which is the lawyer's office. Although the FMC has... A ton of lawyers. They also have a ton of economists. I don't know if you know that, but they have a ton of economists as well. Um, so Chris Huey. Chris Huey has been named the new FMC general counsel. Um, and it looks like he actually even used to work at the commission in the late 90s. So uh, from, the, from the press release on, on Mr. Huey, he began his career in public service actually at the FMC in the office of the general counsel. Um, and he started in 1997. Um, and then he later served as the commission's deputy general counsel. I love that. Did you notice 1997? We've talked about this before, but what major thing happened in 1998? The other OSRA. We had the Ocean Shipping Reform Act happen in 1998. So Mr. Huey, the new general counsel of the FMC, was around for that implementation of the 1998 Ocean Shipping Reform Act, which, again, as a general thought, Ocean Shipping Reform Act, whether it's the current one from this summer, OSRA-22 or OSRA-98, those are modifications from Congress to the original law, which is the Shipping Act of 1984. Everything that the FMC does is guided by the Shipping Act of 1984 and a couple other laws. But for the most part, most everything that the FMC does is guided by the Shipping Act of 1984. 98, there was a modification to it. Osra 98. Mr. Hughes was there. <laughs> and then now we have Osra 2022, um, I can imagine this did not escape Mr. Huey <laughs> from, uh, from understanding it. And certainly he is, he is going to be learning right away what all the different nuances of OSRA are, um, OSRA 22. So I, I love that. He's also worked in some of the other independent regulatory agencies. He worked at the Federal Elections Commission, um, Deputy General Counsel, and he was, um, he worked over at, at the U.S. Department of State as a foreign service officer, which is not an easy task to, to actually be inducted into the foreign service officer um, school and, and the, to become a foreign service officer. Um, so he actually had some positions in Brazil, Kuwait, and Madagascar. I, I love it. I think that this is a great selection. Um, you know, obviously, learning FMC, as we're all discovering, is kind of like drinking from a, a fire hose sometimes, right? And if you if you come into the FMC not knowing much or anything about what the FMC does, and certainly some of that historical understanding—it's really difficult—and to be the chief legal officer, right? To be the general counsel—that's an extra difficult role. But not for Chris here. I'm, I'm hopeful that for Chris, you know, he—he's already been there. He kind of knows what it used to be like he'll going to quickly learn what it what it's like now um I I think he's gonna find some some comfort in that and there's some overlap there's a lot of lifers at the FMC I love it um, it's a great place to work um and so he's gonna have some some colleagues that he's already worked with before I I just I like I said I'm I really am encouraged by this appointment um I don't know Chris personally but hopefully'll I'll get to meet him um but you know so he like I said he worked there during Osra 98 um I I think that this is great and he's also a smart cookie so he um he went to Cornell he went to Harvard um, he did his undergrad at the University of North Carolina in Wilmington um he he's done a lot of cool stuff so I I think he's gonna be a great addition and um, really excited to see where he takes this so story number three this has to do with Microsoft did you see this so I don't know if you remember but I had talked when the when we were first starting to hear about billions of dollars of profits and I said you know it's only a matter of time before Silicon Valley starts to pay attention. I mean, if you're making, as an industry, as much as, I mean, Microsoft, Apple, any of these large major tech companies out of the West Coast, if you're making that amount of money, I, I think I said I was hopeful that Google was going to start paying attention. Uh, Microsoft will do. Uh, so Microsoft this week, I don't know if it was quietly. I didn't see a lot of press coverage on this, uh, dropped a Microsoft supply chain platform. So it's a new approach to designing supply chains for agility, automation, and sustainability, they say. I watched the promo video on it, and I'm I'm actually pretty excited. The p- potential for this platform is really exciting. Um you know how is it different than the other platforms already being released and promoted? I'm not exactly sure. I I do love the big name of Microsoft though, um, because it it there's a lot of integrations that can come from that, and that's actually what they were showing in their in their platform and in their promo video um, was that now it can integrate so that you have more visibility of the supply chain. Um, and it seemed like it was probably maybe a little bit more warehouse to end user based um, than it was necessarily including the ocean side of it. Um, but look, you got to start somewhere. And I, I just love that because basically from their promo video, they were saying, if you are starting to run low on something, you can actually see if there would be a potential through the warehouse of, of getting that good. If there's kind of a drop off of, of the goods coming in, take a look at it. I I think that there's going to be a lot of applications, a lot of different uses for this. Um, Look, like I said, when the big bucks started moving into the supply chain, it was only a matter of time before the big players started coding to help the digital data vacuum and chaos uh, that is the supply chain. I'm, I'm so pumped. Look, let's keep Moving this industry forward, we need data sharing. We need digitization. Um, you know, we the U.S. is not going to be able to compete with some of these fully automated ports out there. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying we need to go fully automated with our ports. That's not what I'm saying. Um, you can have part without having the whole. And I'm saying that part of it needs to be. We got to get our data sharing going. We got to get our digitization going. Uh, we just got to be less paper based, right? I mean, I, I often joke if, if DOS, remember the old operating system, was anywhere, it's probably out on a port, right? So, like, let's let's upgrade this stuff just a little bit so that uh, we're not piecing together PDFs and um, trying to figure out what who said what when through email exchanges. Um, we, we need we need something that kind of strengthens this and, and gets all this moving. So, um, you know what? I like that Microsoft has entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to post the uh the, the press release and the video in in the uh the follow-up notes but I'm I'm encouraged I think this is cool. So story number 4 in the theme of automation um I am not necessarily making this an automation day but it just there was some news um so there's something new from a few weeks ago actually from the port of Hamburg. So Hamburg being um the port in Hamburg, Germany. Um so there's a 4-year pilot project um, that has been subsidized by the European Union. Um, there's about 23 million, million euros. Um, so, And Hamburg is is saying that they are the first city in Germany to test autonomous truck transportation. So they're testing autonomous truck transportation from the motorway to the terminal area of the port of Hamburg. Um, so what they're saying, what Port of Hamburg is saying, is automated truck transport should significantly improve European logistics and transport chains and important trade locations. Uh, the primary goal is to counteract the current shortage of drivers and low transport capabilities in Europe. I mean, automation, right? Automation of the trucks. So uh, further information here. So it's so-called the Modi Project, M O D I Project. Um, it's going to be testing solutions of the most advanced levels of automation. Um, so. I mean, it's directly without an onboard driver and you're going from the highway, the motorway into the terminal area of the port of Hamburg. Um, and, and actually it's not only going to be the port of Hamburg, they're going to be testing it out in Rotterdam, um, in the Netherlands, they're going to be testing out in Moss, um, in Norway. Um, so they're, they're identifying four different Northern European ports. Um, and then there's a specific test being planned within the city of Hamburg. Um, I, I mean I'm interested, right? I want to see what this looks like. I want to see the real life case trial of how this is gonna work. Um I mean, with no drivers at all. We have we've, we've often talked about maybe automation, um enhancing, kind of like a like a um autopilot, right? So like maybe you now are kind of combining, we've talked about automation in, in vessels, um, an autopilot for the vessel being used. But that also kind of does a, a Google Maps ish, so that you take the most um, gas and and fuel efficient route. Um, I mean that you know okay, so it's some enhancements to um, some of that routing. This is this is totally automated, right? Um, I, it's interesting because you're not going to be. I don't know. I haven't looked specifically into it, but I can imagine that you're not going to have these automated vessel vehicles. You know, totally in a different area than than real life, you know, human driven trucks. Um, So I wonder how they're going to be kind of comboing all of that. Uh, This is interesting. It's something to watch. You know, like I said, I'm not necessarily promoting only automation at our ports, Uh, but we do need to get a little bit up to speed digitization. And we do need to kind of pay attention to what other ports are doing just so that we as the United States can stay competitive there. Um, Interesting. It's interesting. Let's just keep watching this. So that's it. That was quick, right? So those are the quick hit hot topics. Like you said, this is the captain's log holiday edition. <laughs> we're gonna be or holiday series. We're gonna be doing this series all the way through to the new year. Um, that's the intention. Making sure that we kind of quickly and carefully discuss some of these topics. Um, when the FMC releases the big guys, the big stuff that's happening in December, we're gonna cover that. But in the meantime, it's just gonna be quick hits. Everybody's busy, so. As always, the guidance here is general and for educational purposes. It should not be construed to be legal advice directly related to your matter. If you need an attorney, contact an attorney. But if you do have specific legal questions, feel free to reach out to me at my legal company, Squall Strategies. Otherwise, for the non-legal questions, for the e-learning, and the general industry information and insights, come find me over at the Maritime Professor. If you like these videos, let me know, comment, like, and share, 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 share them around. Um, If you missed any previous videos, check out our episodes on demand through our podcast by Land and by Sea. And if you missed any of the previous, excuse me, I think I said videos, that was episodes. If you missed any of the previous videos, these videos live on my YouTube page by Land and by Sea presented by The Maritime Professor. And while you're at it, check out the website, themaritimeprofessor.com. E-courses dropping soon. They're still on their way. So until next week, this is Lauren Began the Maritime Professor, and you've just listened to By Land and By Sea. See you next time.